Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 124, Luxury. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt oh, no, and Tom. Matt is uh, Matt's under the weather, but hey, Pete, how are you? We're three guys, two guys, who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then let's do Disney. He's not streaking anymore. Streak is dead. Poor guy. You know, he he wanted to be he wanted to be on the episode, and up until like an hour before he was locked in, but I think he's got a little bit of a stomach bug, uh, it sounds like. So Pete and I are gonna Pete and I are gonna take this one. Feels like old times. Yeah, we're gonna soldier. It feels like the last hundred episodes, right? <laughs> it, fe- <laughs> it feels like eighty-four of the hundred and twenty-four. That's bad. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been on more than twenty, I think. Has has he? Maybe know. twenty-five. Hey, listen, we'll give him twenty-five. That may be a trivia question. One episode. How many episodes <laughs> has has Matt been on? It, it would be a hard one because, like, I genuinely don't know the answer. I mean, I think it's double digits, but I'm not sure. Certainly not triple digits. Uh, Tonight, we're going to go through some luxury Disney experiences. And really, this is is going to be what we consider luxury Disney experiences. Your results may vary. There may be some things that we leave off here. There may be some things that we put on here that you don't agree with. So let us know if if that's the case. Before we get into that, let's, let's hit a little bit. There's a little bit of news. It looks like Disney is now canceling reservations through june 1st correct yeah and and what i because this is kind of a fluid situation i do want to mention we're recording this on thursday may 14th and so by the time the episode releases it this you know this could be old news but oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i said i said the first it's june they're canceling through june June 8th 8th. right now yeah yeah so we're we're starting to it looks like they're gonna cancel it week by week uh is what pete's kind of assuming so he thinks next week our trip will pretty much get canceled but you know, we mentioned Disney Springs, I believe, reopening. I think we mentioned that uh, May 20th. And, you know, what what's that going to look like? We don't really know. But right now, if I had to if, if I had to pick a date for when Disney World, uh, Walt Disney World would reopen, July 1st is like my safe date. I, I'll be stunned if it's not open by July 1st, actually. And they are not accepting reservations at any Disney hotels prior to July 1st at this point. So, but they have indicated that that is not indicative of an opening date. They, they they have not made a call yet. So, yeah, I think our trip's getting ready to get canceled. Kind of disappointed. Kind of not disappointed. I, I don't really want to go down there with half of everything open and everybody wearing masks and no parades, no fireworks, none of that. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Just means we got to start planning the next one. You know, Pete, I mean, we've talked about this. I think I'm a little spoiled in that I don't have to go to Disney World in July and August anymore. You know, I growing up, my mom was a teacher and that was the perfect time for a family vacation because she was out of school, we were out of school. But now, you know, my wife and I try to go during times of the year we like. Uh, sometimes that that uh, is based on the festival that's going on at Epcot, even though it does feel like there's one year round. But, you know, you certainly try to get down for food and wine. And if if our June trip does get canceled... And we see Disney open in July. I probably wouldn't go until September or October. That's that's what I'm thinking too. And look, I've already got a trip planned for December. I've got a trip planned for January. So September, October would be a perfect uh, 
perfect fit in there, get my annual pass activated and, uh, and, and get ready to roll. One, one thing my wife and I were worried about when we got our annual passes, they were activated on August 2nd. And that was because we were doing a family cruise and, and booking in the cruise with trips at Disney world. And I remember thinking, you know, we're, we're probably going to really do Disney pretty, pretty hard from March to May and then not go back. I mean, or, or go back in a miserable crowded time of the year. And so the closure has allowed us to say, if we're going to take a few months off, we'll take off July and July and August at this point and, and go enjoy, you know, the parks in September, October, November, depending on how long these get extended for. So, and then I just want to move on to, because we did have a question, some uh, construction update. Pretty much what's happening here is that any Walt Disney uh, projects have been canceled or put on hold. Reedy Creek Improvement District projects are continuing. And I, I don't know really how else to say this. The Reedy Creek Improvement District stuff is kind of the boring stuff. It's like the uh, the parking lot expansion at, at Magic Kingdom, you know, that that kind of stuff. So right now, all the Disney stuff has been has been either put on hold or canceled. I have heard that, uh, you know, just starting going through, starting at Epcot, uh, the Space 221 restaurant, obviously the opening has been delayed. It's supposed to be open by now. I've, from what I've heard, the restaurant is pretty much done. I don't think that they have staff hired yet. So obviously there's going to be a couple month delay before they, uh, before they get to that point. I think we're going to see delays in the festival center. You know, all the work that they're doing at Epcot has been put on hold. I think a big one, Mission Space, I have heard is completely canceled for right now. Now, I, I still think that they're going to go in and they're going to redo this ride, but I, but, Right now, it's been postponed indefinitely, uh, the reimagining of this ride. And then uh, Ratatouille, I, I want to say that it was supposed to open end of April, something like that. However, it's it's not done yet. They, they still have a lot of the exterior work to do. So there's obviously going to be a couple month delay between the parks reopening, them restarting these construction projects, and uh, and everything getting back uh, getting back going. Pete, I'll tell you, last time I was at Disney was late. February. We had a trip planned for late March. I think Ratatouille is going to be open pretty close to that. So when when the parks come back or, or announce a date, I would not be surprised to see a Ratatouille open with Epcot. Really? See, see I, from what I've heard, they still do have some exterior work to do, not necessarily on the ride, but around some of the, uh, you know, the, the crepe store or whatever is opening with it. There's still a little exterior work to be done there. Yeah, I, I just know they were pretty far along there. And and one of the last YouTube videos I saw of someone there, I mean it it looked like it was could be a functional pavilion area. Uh, so I would I would anticipate if it if it doesn't open with Epcot, and this is in my opinion, this is thinking, okay, if Disney announces a July first opening, but they can maybe start construction back in the middle of June, you know, can they get that stuff done? Maybe not, but I I think, you know, certainly within a month or a month and a half you'll see it. You'll see it open up. So Magic Kingdom, what do we have at Magic Kingdom? We've got Tron. Obviously, Tron. they're still working on. Um, I mean, Tron's Tron's getting pretty close to done, uh, but I think there will be a delay. I think the castle was st- st- pretty much substantially done, the uh, the repainting of the castle. They may have a little bit more work to do, but I think it was pretty much done. Uh, oh, and at Epcot, we didn't, we didn't talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Obviously, that's going to be delayed. I would think no more than a couple months. The let's see, the Star Wars Hotel. I mean, they they were getting close on that 
over at over at Hollywood Studios. I I saw that they had just filed some additional permits for some more work over there. So it sounds like work is going to continue on that. I think summer 2020 was when it was supposed to open. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't remember the exact opening day, but here here's my opinion on the Star Wars Hotel. I think they were too far along to shut it off. And what what unfortunately could happen is you talked about this cruise-like experience, you know, totally immersive, extremely expensive. And I, I don't know, one, that the economy is going to be in a place where people can afford that anymore. And two, I, Disney may scale it back a little bit, cut some corners, make it cheaper just to fill the rooms and get it complete. And so it's kind of a, I mean, it, it's a double-edged sword because it may allow extra, it may allow more people to actually afford it and stay there, but it also won't be what it was initially planned to be. And that happens a lot. I mean, that, that happened in, in Galaxy's Edge. I mean, everyone loves Galaxy's Edge, but there were a lot of things that were cut. You know, there, and so don't think that this is some anomaly. That happens quite often with with uh, projects. As costs begin to grow taller and taller and more expensive and more expensive, Disney will cut some corners and cut things out. So you likely have experienced that if you've been to Disney World and visited Toy Story Land, Pandora, or Galaxy's Edge. I mean, if, shoot, if you've been, if you visited, you know, Animal Kingdom, there was no Beastly Kingdom. So, I mean, you've seen where, where things change. I think you're right. And I, I think that the, the Star Wars Hotel is far enough along that it will be finished, but in what capacity, we don't know. One thing that I wouldn't be surprised if Disney cancels, because it has not, as far as I know, gone vertical yet, is Reflections. I know they had started a lot of the site work there, a lot of the prep work. But it had not gone vertical at all uh, when these closures happened. So I don't, I don't know that that continues. I, I really don't, I really don't know that Disney continues that, especially given that it's a DVC property. There are still a ton of DVC points available at Riviera, and it's going to be significantly more difficult for them to sell DVC memberships with with this downturn in the economy. So the only other thing that I that I do have to mention, uh, the Cove, which is the new hotel that's going kind of in the Swan and Dolphin, well, it is in the Swan and Dolphin complex. Construction is still continuing on that. Again, that's not a Disney project, so construction is continuing uh, on that. Anything else? I don't think so. I mean, I, certainly, again, this is a fluid situation. So as we're recording, something else could have come out. I don't know, but I, I think we've covered everything to what we have at this present moment in time. Okay. Well, before we get into our main topic for tonight, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. 
So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, let's talk luxury. Yeah, if you if you were part of our Patreon episode uh, or any of them, Pete, Pete often talks about his affinity for Polynesian and the Grand Floridian. So why don't we start with if you're going to go luxury at Disney World, where are you staying? And let's talk maybe some pros and cons of the only own property, and then maybe some off property stuff. Okay, yeah, we we can definitely start with that. So if you are, well, and let's try to kind of get an idea how much this this is going to cost too. So if you're if you're going to stay on property and you want a luxury experience, you want a true luxury experience. We're talking the deluxe resorts, right? I mean, I don't I don't think there's any any doubt that that's where you need to stay if you want a truly luxurious on property experience. Realistically, Grand Floridian, Polynesian, Contemporary, Riviera, Wilderness Lodge. Those are pretty much your options, correct? You could, I mean, you could throw Saratoga Springs in there, I guess, if you really wanted. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't aside, either because it's not the same. It's not the same experience to me. Aside from the DVC resorts, which I think we'll probably get to, the deluxe resorts would be considered luxury at Disney World. And, and, and I am incorporating the the DVC properties in into these as well. So, so then if if we're if. I mean, I guess where I struggle is you don't have a boardwalk up there. I don't have a boardwalk, and, and I and I don't have a uh, beach club yeah. up there. Yeah, you don't have yacht. Yeah, so those those to me would be considered luxury as well for, from a, a strictly location standpoint. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But let's let's start with what I think is the granddaddy of them all. Let's start with the Grand Floridian. You're not going to get any nicer than this at uh, at Disney World. Now you're going to pay for it. I mean, I, I think the the cheapest I've seen a room here is seven hundred bucks a night, some somewhere around in there, uh, depending on where what you're getting, where you're staying. I mean, you can get up to four grand a night here. That's a lot of money for a hotel room. That's a little bit out of my price range. Talk about this. Talk about this hotel. This is a nice hotel. So I I look at, I mean, the hotels that I would dream to stay at, and I have not stayed at any of these personally, so I don't have the experience of staying in them. If you're a listener and you do, please chime in and, and shoot us a note. But I, if I visit the resort, it's one of those that I'm like, man, this is a great resort. I visit the Grand Floridian almost every single trip, and it's not even my, it's not my style, but my wife loves it. You know, if my mom's there, my wife's family's there, everyone loves this hotel. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I I drove, so the last time that I stayed at a, a deluxe resort, which was at Wilderness Lodge, which is a beautiful resort. I took Magical Express from the airport to the uh, to the resort. And Magical Express stopped at Wilder- at uh, the Grand Floridian before it dropped me off at Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge. And to, to pull up to the Grand Floridian at night, just absolutely gorgeous. So I mean, this is this to me is is king. Of, uh, if 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 you want to do luxury, you're going to stay here. It's got the restaurants, it's got the spa, it's got the location. It's, I mean, it's got everything. And if if you are trying, if you haven't seen the Grand Floridian, and you're a listener to our podcast, think Mary Poppins. That's how I would describe how how put together Mary Poppins is. That's how I would describe the Grand Floridian, and you often it's a it's a Victorian resort, right? You I often mean, see Mary Poppins at the Grand Floridian. You do. All right, Polynesian. Polynesian is 
I mean, it's old. Now, it's been remodeled, but this is, I mean, this is an old resort. I love the Polynesian. I think the atmosphere here is great. It's it's very, you know, whereas if you think of the Grand Floridian as kind of hoity-toity and the Polynesian to me just screams like laid back, relax, have a good time. The the Grand Floridian sometimes, and this is just my opinion, uh, it can feel like a more uptight crowd. You go to the Polynesian, everyone's just on vacation 24-7, having a good time. It smells fantastic. The drinks are fantastic. The restaurants are fantastic. The bars are great. It is maximizing your vacation. Still a, still a very pretty resort. I mean, not, not quite as beautiful as the Grand Floridian, but, it, but it's, it's unique and it's, it's charming in its own way. Obviously, it's a, a Polynesian-themed resort. It also has some great restaurants, namely Ohana. But, you know, the, the major draw for us here is, is Trader Sam's. Imagine walking out of your room and going downstairs to Trader Sam's. I would, I seriously, this is, this is what I think of the Polynesian. I could go to Disney World, stay at the Polynesian, and not go in the park four straight days and still have a blast. I would feel and like I enough was at a, to do a resort, a resort mm-hmm. island kind of vibe. And you can still see the fireworks from the beach. You know, they have they have movie nights for the kids, that kind of stuff. So, Something my wife and I have, have often done is actually gone over to the Polynesian just to watch the fireworks. When we when, Prior to having annual passes, it was kind of like our, our cheat way to not have a Disney ticket and experience Disney. We would... We would get a, a bus from Disney Springs to Magic Kingdom and take the monorail from Magic Kingdom to the Poly, get a drink at the outdoor bar, walk down to the beach. They pump in, happily ever afters, music, turn the lights down, and you can watch the fireworks. So moving on, Contemporary. The Contemporary was kind of the first hotel at Disney World that I fell in love with, I guess. And it's my favorite Disney resort, too. I, I, I think it's because because of a lot of reasons, but... It's it's just such an iconic building, and the monorail goes through the middle of it. When my first trip to Disney World, when I saw the monorail going through a hotel, like I, I, that sold it for me. I don't I don't know what it is. This resort is is kind of in a weird place for me though. If if the Grand Floridian is uptight and nice, and the Polynesian is really laid back and chill, this sort of sits weirdly in the middle for me. In that it's it's a nice hotel, but it's it it feels, I don't know. It feels more generic, I guess, even though it's not. There is a Pete. I know what you're saying, and I think it almost feels more like a business like experience because Grand Floridian, you're in all Polynesian, you're on vacation. Contemporary just feels more like businessy, like a business yeah. hotel, yeah, like a convention center hotel. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way because I love the contemporary, but it feels the most dated as well. And, and it's it's possibly because it's because it's so big and it's so open. Even though I mean the the Grand Floridian, and, and we'll get to Wilderness Lodge. Wilderness Lodge is is open and tall and big too. But the Grand or the contemporary is just so much more so, I guess. And the contemporary is not. I mean, none of them are. Everyone, so Polynesian's unique because of some of that island theme. Grand Floridian's unique because the theming. Contemporary doesn't doesn't feel like a Disney hotel anymore to me, which is terrible to say. Except for the giant Mary Blair mural, you've got yeah. that five five legged five legged goat. goat. Yeah, yep. and you've and you've got the monorail running through the middle of it. There's something I don't know what it is, Pete. I can't put my finger on it. 
Maybe it's because all the guest rooms are exposed like an embassy suites. Like, and that's what I was gonna say. It 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 seems like you know we used to stay when I was younger at an embassy suites in downtown Seattle, and that's what it reminds me of. A big open atrium, just like but, that. But I will say this: if I could pick one to stay at for one night, I'm picking the. This is just me. I'm picking contemporary. My wife would pick all of these on the list over contemporary, probably. I I think I'm at I'm at Polly. I think I'm and, at Polly. And Polly's a close second. This is more because this was my child, like my favorite hotel as a kid. Chef Mickey's is there. I mean, all that just kind of brings back the nostalgia factor. As an adult, I mean, I can only imagine what kind of damage I could do at the Polly, both financially on my liver, on my stomach, if I were there for a few days. Absolutely. So a couple more on on here. Riviera. Don't know a whole lot about this. I've only seen pictures. I've I've not been in there. Uh, Italian and French Riviera themed. Very nice from what I've seen, although the rooms had some problems with the beds falling off the wall, so take that take that to mean what you will. I, I have nothing more to add on Riviera. I haven't seen it either. Um, I, I have been to the next one, though. I've been to Wilderness Lodge. Wilderness Lodge is, is, is a, a beautiful hotel. And, and the, whole, the whole area around Wilderness Lodge, you've got Geyser Point out there. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful area. It's a great location. It's right across from the Contemporary on uh, on Bay Lake, right there. the The hotel itself is a is a giant, what six, seven, eight story tall log cabin. It's it's massive, and it actually it truly has that homey feel. It doesn't matter how big it mm-hmm. is; you really don't realize it. I mean, you do. You notice it's a massive structure, massive hotel, but it has just this homey type feeling. It does. It does. So this to me is a close second. I really like Wilderness Lodge a lot. I think they I think they did a great job with this. And and you and you've got uh Whispering Canyon Cafe there too. Which is a which is a very fun restaurant. All right, so off property, I mean if you're looking luxury hotels in Orlando, I mean there are a lot of hotels in uh in Orlando. But if you're looking luxury close to Disney, there's really only two options. You've you've got the Four Seasons, which even if you're staying at the Four Seasons and you're paying full price to the Four Seasons, you're likely spending less money than you would staying at any Disney Deluxe Resort. So, I mean, if you, I think you're spending 500 550 bucks a night max here, which is the low end of the deluxe prices for Disney. Uh, and then you've got the Waldorf Astoria, which is, which is right down by Epcot. Again, very, very nice. Same kind of price point. You're not, you're not spending anywhere near what you would spend to stay at a Disney Deluxe Resort. Uh, the, the difference between staying off, off property here. You don't get the Disney benefits, so you don't get the 60-day fast passes. You don't get the extra magic hours. You don't get any of that, and plus you're off Disney property. Now, these the Four Seasons and the Waldorf, I want to say both have kind of cast members embedded in them that will help you out with making fast pass reservations and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's not going to be the same as staying on property. So luxury experience, where are you staying? Of all of them, I mean, contemporary poly and, and off property, I don't know, probably the Waldorf just because it's closer to Epcot. So as we go through here, you're going to, you're going to build your luxury trip. Okay. So then I have to, I have to think, I have to think of my wife now then, and a good compromise would be the poly because I think Grand Floridian would probably be her pick and I think contemporary would be mine, but we both would love to stay at the poly. So I'm taking the poly. All right, I will. I will take the Floridian. Okay. All right, where are you going to eat? And I didn't really go through 
off-property options here. There's a ton of great restaurants in Orlando. You can go on TripAdvisor and look them up. So for these, we're really going to stick to what's on property or what's at Disney Springs. Some of these we've been to, some of these we haven't. So we'll just we'll just talk through and talk about these. I, th- I think if you're going to eat anywhere and, and you want to have a truly luxury experience, Victorian Alberts at, at the Grand Floridian has to be on your list, right? I do. I, I think it has to be on your list. But I mean, you kind of know where I am here. I, I couldn't, even on my even on my do-whatever-you-want vacation, I, I can't justify spending the money of, of Victorian Alberts. And I would say you're going to spend, you know, if you if you're not drinking, if you don't get the wine pairing, you're going to spend three hundred bucks a person on dinner. If you are getting the wine pairing, you're going to spend four hundred bucks a person on dinner. So, you know, couple, you're spending eight hundred to a thousand dollars on dinner. It's an expensive dinner, but but really is luxury. Next one on here is Jico, and and I do want to go back. I didn't put Animal Kingdom Lodge on our luxury places to stay. Thinking about it, I probably should have because the Savannah view at Animal Kingdom Lodge is, is a pretty pretty cool thing to do. And and Animal Kingdom Lodge is a game changer for, for my wife. That's her dream resort to stay at. And it wasn't on the list, so I, I didn't have to pick from it, which is nice. I, I, and I guess the reason I didn't put it on there is because it's it's a little far out there. It takes forever to get there from anywhere. You know, it's it's not like the Floridian or the Contemporary or the Poly where you're hopping on the monorail or, or you're relatively quick to get somewhere. And I think that's why I left it off. But Jico, have you eaten at Jico? I have not eaten at Jico to my knowledge. Didn't you have reservations at Jico for May? Maybe maybe, maybe I had reservations. I don't know. I mean, Jico is a restaurant that's kind of on the bucket list for us. Did not do it in December because it was a two-table service credit. And we were already doing that at uh, Cinderella Royal Table, so we didn't do Jico then. But I mean, this this is a, a fantastic restaurant. Um, every review you read, everyone that goes speaks very highly of it. It is expensive, not Victorian Alberts expensive, but think more like California Grill expensive. Yeah, I mean, you're paying fifty, sixty, seventy bucks an entree here. I, I think that's I think that's fair. All right, next one I have on here. I've I've never eaten that. I've drank there before, but I've never eaten that. So the Boathouse. Boathouse, yeah. I have eaten, well, I have ordered oysters just at the bar from the Boathouse, and I've and I've had a few a few beverages there as well. Again, super awesome atmosphere. Pretty kind of a chill, end. kind of a chill atmosphere, but but it yeah. is it is higher end food. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make you feel like you're you're uh, you know going to stick out like a sore thumb if you're wearing a golf polo or, or or something a little less formal than what you'd wear to Victorian Alberts, of course. But yeah, I mean, really good oysters, the, the really good food. Again, another restaurant that people kind of rave about. All right, next on here, uh, Citricos at the uh, at the Grand Floridian. Again, just a just a great uh, great restaurant. I I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's had a bad experience here. Well, no, that's not true. I have. I think there was a I think there was a uh, a bad waiter involved. And some food that came out cold or something like that. But for, anyway, for the most part, you, you hear very good things about uh, about Citricos. You know, the, the wine list here is absolutely phenomenal. There's there's a lounge outside where you can uh, where you can enjoy you know some drinks before uh, before dinner. And then the view. I mean, you're at the Grand Floridian, so the the view is you know your your waterfront. 
The view is great. The dining room is beautiful. I think there is a dress code here. I don't think it's as strict as at Victorian Alberts, but uh, I, I think you can wear like dress shorts. I don't think you have to have a jacket. I think it mirrors California Grill pretty close. I think so too. I think so too. So don't show up in flip flops or anything like that. Yeah, I think for California Grill, I wore a. I want to say a nice. It was hot. I mean, it was, I remember it being hot outside, but I think I wore a nice golf polo, tuck you know tucked in with long pants and and loafers. So talk about California Grill. Yeah, so so I mean I've talked about it a fair amount on the on the podcast. This is a pretty pretty famous restaurant. It's at the top of the Contemporary. You do have a three sixty view. Obviously, the the main ticket is looking over Magic Kingdom, but you can see the other theme parks as well. Great sushi if you're into sushi. Great steak. Great service. You know I didn't even put into the notes that it was our anniversary dinner, and and they asked if we were celebrating something. You know I said yes and. You know, they bring complimentary champagne to the table, complimentary desserts at the end of our meal, anniversary pins. I mean, the whole Disney experience. And then and then to top it off, the food was great. The one complaint that I've I've heard from several people is that it gets loud. Yeah, so it is it is a louder restaurant, but I mean, you're at Disney, so it's not going to be that romantic setting because you, you do have a lot of families to eat up there as well. We had a pretty, a pretty good table, I would say. We didn't have a window table, a window seat, but... We were uh, not on top of a ton of people. We had a booth that was kind of away from from folks. And it, I don't know. It was a really, really cool evening. One thing I will give the staff, their, the cast members, their credit for, they don't rush you at all. So pretty much go at your pace. You know, I, you know, sometimes you eat at some of these higher-end restaurants and, and it, you don't want to feel rushed. But, I mean, Ohana, for example, is an expensive restaurant. There, are, there have been cases where they people have felt rushed there. And that's the last thing you want when you're spending – you know, that kind of money on a meal. And so, yeah, California Grill is is a fantastic place to eat. One little tip I'll tell you, there's a like a lounge area up there or like a bar area, and you can eat their full menu without a reservation. You can just ask to go up and, and see if there's any seats there. So that's what our waitress told us too. If you don't have a reservation or you can't get one, you can always try that. All right, next on the list, another Grand Floridian restaurant. We're going to hit them all here. That is uh, Narcusi's. Again, another another waterfront, uh, gorgeous view, great seafood here. Their swordfish, pretty good. Uh, but but again, on 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 the more expensive end, you know, you're you're spending pretty significant. I mean, you're spending California grill pricing here. Uh, and then we've got uh, Tiffins. I think this is the only restaurant that we have on here that's at the parks, right? I think it is the only restaurant we have on the list that's at the parks. Uh, Tiffin's is, is at Animal Kingdom. A little bit of a unique menu here, but they're known for the, the same kind of deal, right? A lot of it is, is African-based food, um, so it ha- it's going to have that flavor and seasoning to it, so be cognizant of that. But, I mean, they do have your surf and turf, your short ribs, shrimp and grits. Uh, they have quite a few options here. This is another restaurant that that is uh, is very good. A lot of people do. They talk about the bread service here, and they talk about it at, at Sanaa. At Sanaa, yeah. two places with, with a good bread service. But this is another tough reservation to get at Disney World, and it is a good restaurant. Animal Kingdom actually has better food than people realize. This is one of the restaurants. Yeah, and I've not eaten at this restaurant. I have been at the lounge and eaten at the, at the, uh, at the Nomad Lounge there. Uh, but I have been in the restaurant. It's kind of a uniquely decorated restaurant. It's, it's very African-themed, uh, and, and, uh, and the food that I've had was, uh, was very good. 
The Yachtsman Steakhouse. Now, I've not been to the Yachtsman in a long time. Like 10, 15. I, I can't even remember how long it's been. So I'm, I'm not speaking from very recent experience. And I was, again, much younger. But what I got was good. And, and this is, I mean, steak and, steak and fish, right? I looked at this restaurant for our last trip. And I just, if I'm, if I'm looking at just being totally candid here, it's not, I wouldn't pick it out of all these restaurants. It'd be pretty low on my list. Why do you think that is? I think the menu is just, it's something you'd see from where you're, where you're from. I mean, there's nothing real special that stands out on the menu. That's fair. That's fair. And you could say that for California Grill, but the special, you're on top of the contemporary. You know what I mean? There's, there's some atmosphere that you're eating there too. And I guess if I'm, if I'm staying at the Yacht and Beach Club, if I'm staying in that area, maybe that, maybe that changes a little bit. But no, I I can see that. I mean, this is a pretty standard, uh, this is a pretty standard recipe or a pretty standard menu. As is, you know, the only chain restaurant on our list, and that's STK, which is at uh, at Disney Springs. These are all over the place. I know they have one in Atlanta. They've got one in Vegas, New York, a couple in New York, Los Angeles. So these are all over the place. I mean, it's it's a modern steakhouse, right? So it's something that if you're looking for something a little bit more familiar. I guess this is a good place to go if you're looking to get good steak. I mean, I, I, they've got good steak. I have eaten at STK in Nashville, I believe, for a bachelor party. And it was good. I mean, was it worth the price? Probably not. But but I think I've said that about a lot of restaurants. And then the last one that, that we've got on here, I've heard people say that this used to be the best restaurant at Disney World and that it's it's gone significantly downhill. Uh, and that is Il Molino at the, uh, at the Swan. And this is an this is an Italian trattoria, basically. I I don't know what the issue is if the food quality's gone down or the service or I'm I'm not sure what it is, but I have heard that this I mean this used to be one of the better restaurants there and it's it's really kind of fallen off. Now one of the one of the cool things is they do have like a family style menu here with pasta, so you can you know you can order family style. So Pete, like we did, let's just let's just do one and then move on to the next item. What what restaurant are you picking? I mean, you want a realistic answer? Or do you want like a pie in the sky? I mean, you're making your your trip. If I don't have to pay for it, I mean, at Victoria and Alberts. If I do have to pay for it, I would say probably Citricos or Gico. So I am. Uh, let's see. I'm staying at the Poly and I'm eating at California Grill. So I get a little contemporary action in my life. All right. So we, we also broke down kind of a category and, and I don't want to go too long, but what do you what do you do? So what to do on your on your luxury Disney vacation? Pete, I think I think the VIP private tour is, is where you have to start with this, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, the really we've got a lot of tours listed here, but I think the the big daddy and and I mean this price ranges from four hundred to seven hundred bucks an hour. Minimum of seven hours, up to 10, 10 guests who also have to have park tickets, by the way. So, you know, you're paying 700 bucks an hour plus park tickets for this, but that's the VIP tour. And pretty much this is the ultimate luxury experience at Disney, right? You have, you have your own cast member who walks around with you. You tell them what you want to do and they make it happen. If you want to go ride Flight of Passage, they're going to get you on Flight of Passage. If you want to go eat it at uh, where Tiffins, they're going to get you into Tiffins. But you're still paying for your meal in Tiffins, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. That that's one clarification. 
that I did want oh, not a clarification. It's what I wanted to make sure everyone realizes. You know, Pete mentioned you need admission. I've seen these you see these VIP tours all the time, and you see them go to uh, and, and I'm just gonna pick this because this is the last one I saw it. I saw them go to Cosmic Rays, and they literally just told the customer what they wanted. They went and sat down at the table. She reserved tables. Food got brought to them. They were in and out in like 12 minutes. It is max maximizing your time at Disney World. Well, not only that, they're taking you. If you're at Magic Kingdom and you want to get to Hollywood Studios, they're taking you backstage. They're taking you through the Attila doors. They're loading you onto transportation, and they're getting you where you need to go quickly. You know, there's none of this waiting for the bus, waiting for a minivan. No, you are. I mean, you're you're whisked away to wherever you want to go, and they're not scared to take you backstage. You know, they'll do whatever it takes to get you where you want to go, what you want to do as quickly as as humanly possible. I'll give you an example. There are cast member entrances to Hollywood Studios and Epcot that may be closer to some of the bigger attractions. You're getting driven right up to them. It it and and really, Pete and I have have messed around with the numbers here. If you were to think about all the things you could do in one day with this, and then think about what a normal Disney vacation costs for three or four days, it's not. I mean, it's expensive, right? You need ten people to make this really work for your advantage. But it is something that if you're doing a luxury Disney trip. It's got to be number one on your items to do. Well, look, I mean, here's here's my thought process here. Could you, I mean, could you do Disney in one day? Could You, you could do three parks in one day, I think. That's, pretty that's the question. Yep. So if you have 10 people, it's costing you $700 an hour plus your $100 ticket. That's $600 a person. $600 a person to do everything at Disney in one day, pretty much. It seems like a pretty good deal to me. I agree. I, I'm with you. So I... You know this. This to me, if if you want to go and if you want to go all out, this is this is what you need to do. Now there are also some other tours, and I'll just go through these kind of quickly. Backstage Magic is at Epcot and Magic Kingdom. It walks you through costuming, central shops. You get a lunch at Tiffin's actually. So apparently, go to Animal Kingdom too. That's right. Costuming in central shops, lunch at Tiffin's, and then you get a behind the scenes at Rivers of Light. Uh, this is a set. Don't talk crap about Rivers of Light because I know you're going to. You don't watch the show. It's just a behind the scenes, how it's done, how it's made, which could they, be kind of cool, which could be better than the show, to, actually. They would have to pay me to do this one. It's probably better than the show, honestly. I'd skip. I'd say, hey, can I just can I just go to Satuli after Tiffin? Can I just go to the bar outside of, of the stage of the um, – you know, over there by Exhibition Everest, while you guys do the behind the scenes. I don't even care to know. So this is 275 bucks a person, nobody under 12 allowed, and you do not have to have park admission to do this. And it does it does give you lunch. Uh, Keys to the Kingdom is, is one people talk about a lot. This is a five-hour tour of Magic Kingdom behind the scenes tour. Uh, you do get lunch. You get to go down in the Utilidors. It's $99 a person, and you also must have a valid theme park admission. This one's one I think is pretty interesting. Yes, uh, from what I've heard, you get a lot of you get a lot of cool stories. Now, how much of that is actual stories, and how much of it is cast members making stuff up? Who knows? No, I'm kidding. I'm sure Disney controls what is said pretty closely. So I have heard great things about this tour. The next tour that I've got on here looks really, really interesting. This is uh, Ultimate Knights of Adventure. It's at Animal Kingdom, two hundred and fifty dollars a person, and it requires admission. It's a four-hour tour, and basically what it is, is it, it starts four hours before the first flight of Rivers of Light, 
you get to ride Expedition Everest, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Flight of Passage, Navi River Journey, Dinosaur, and then you see Rivers of Light. And then you also get snacks and a specialty beverage. So if, if you want to see Animal Kingdom for $300 in four hours, here you go. And the reason he said $300 is because you still need to buy your park admission. So you have 250 Correct. plus your park admission. Correct. This is not worth it. I don't know. I would pay this. I would pay this in Hollywood Studios. Uh, Absolutely. I, I mean, wouldn't I might, pay I might. it. But but it would be. I could get. I could get there. I could. I could get there. So what else do we have? We've got. Uh, we've got some fireworks, dessert parties. Tom, you know my feelings on this. Guys, we have lots of listeners that love these. But until I go and see it for myself, I I can't get behind paying sixty nine dollars for a kid. $99 for an adult, an adult to watch some fireworks. And yeah, you get drinks and you get snacks, but I I cannot justify having spent $100 to get into the park already, spending another $100 to see the fireworks. Pete and I probably now have different opinions on this, but what I'll say is we're just we're covering the luxury things to do on your trip. This is one of them. I mean, people people rave about these dessert parties, whether it's in a restaurant or on a boat. Uh, desserts and drinks are included with or without alcohol. I mean, there there are some people that really get behind this. Uh, so that's another luxury experience that they offer it at, um, I guess, really all that, three of the four parks, really. I Well, so that that was my question. I know they have this at Magic Kingdom. Do they still do it at Epcot? Well, they had the Frozen theme one at Epcot, and then they had the Star Wars theme one at Hollywood Studios. I, I'm not totally up to date if these are still available, uh, but it is, it's something that, as Pete mentioned, we, we many episodes ago, we were pretty blunt in our feedback or our thoughts around this, not feedback. We didn't think it was worth it. We were at, what is Disney doing? Who would pay this? And we had a lot of people reach out and explain to us the reasons why it is valuable to them. And so I've kind of changed my tune on it because I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I haven't taken kids to the park. So for peace of mind, yeah, it might be worth it. And so this is something that is a luxury offering at Disney world. Now, Another another event, and Pete and I have a lot of experience here, the After Hours events. That's, that's what we're categorizing. It can be a little confusing because one of them is called Disney After Hours, but the hard-ticketed After Hours events. So that would be Not So Scary, Very Merry, the Villains Night, and then the After Hours ticket. This is a luxury experience. I mean, it, and it's not cheap. Uh, as most, as, as I guess you've caught the theme here, we're not giving out the cheap things to do at Disney or Disney for free. All of these, I've been to all of them except the just four hour after hours event. They've been really, really good. If I had to rank them, you know, I think after hours would probably be my favorite. And then followed by not so scary and very merry, followed by villains. Villains would probably be my least favorite of the four. We did talk about if they made this 17 and up, made it really scary, or even made it 21 and up and made it you know, made it kind of an adult's night at Disney. Think, think like universal Halloween horror nights, kind of, kind of in your face, Disney villains out and about to scare. That would be really cool. And I, and I think you'd get a lot of people to sign up for it because just the, the, the sheer interest in a Disney fifth gate being villains themed, a whole entire villains themed land or park. I mean, that, that really has some internet rumors that where people love it. So I think Disney would, is missing a big opportunity here. The, the, the last kind of uh, thing to do I've got on here, and I, I put it on here because I know that I'm going to be doing it 
Got to got to look at making reservations soon. Is Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, and this is if you have kids. I mean, I guess you could do this if you were an adult and you just wanted to be a princess. No, I, I think they limit the age on this. Actually, I yeah, I think believe. you're right. Now that I think yep. about it, uh, this ranges in price from seventy five dollars up to two hundred dollars. Uh, they cut your hair, they do your makeup, they give you princess gown and accessories, they put your nail polish on, they make your kid into a princess. And for two hundred dollars. It better be a pretty pretty good princess. So, so Pete, in this section, I'm going to say we pick. I think we're both going to pick the private VIP tour. Oh, right? 100 percent, yeah. And then fireworks show. I mean, if you, I would probably pick a fireworks show in Magic Kingdom or Hollywood Studios. That'd, that'd probably be my two. I I would say Magic Kingdom, Magic Kingdom fireworks show. After hours event, what are you picking? You know if. I'm I'm I think I'm doing one either either not so scary or very merry depending on on when it is if possible. It's it's tough to it's tough to justify the other ones. I'm probably going to do very merry and do it early first week of December for my this trip of that I'm taking, and then I'm going to pass on Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. But Pete, I'll let you uh, take that with your daughter and let me know how it is. Yeah, I definitely I definitely will. We've got one more thing on the list, and and this is a. Uh, if you really want to have the luxury Disney experience, buy a house at Golden Oak. Now, now Golden Oak is—it's just outside of Epcot. It's—it's kind of kind of right by Port Orleans, actually. And and these are—I mean, these are luxury homes. Minimum, I think the lowest price one I saw was three million, and I think they go up to six or seven million, something like that. So if you want to have if you want to have the true Disney lifestyle experience, true luxury Disney lifestyle experience, this is what you need to do. Yeah, I, a little bit out of my price range, but I guess since I have unlimited funds, I'll just do that. I'll I'll, I'll buy Victorian Alberts while I'm at it too. So. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think this episode does a good job of showing that there is a way to do Disney. You know, we always say Disney can, is a vacation, but it's a tiring vacation. And all a lot of these items make it easier. I mean, that VIP tour would make it significantly easier to do Disney. Well, it's not really only expensive. that, we didn't we didn't talk about going to the spa. You know, there's there's a very nice spa at the Grand Floridian. We didn't talk about golf. Disney's got three full length golf courses and one uh, nine hole golf course that you can go play golf at. You know, we didn't we didn't talk about that type of stuff stuff that you can do without without going into the parks at all. But no question that you can spend. Uh, you can spend some serious coin at uh, at Disney on some of these experiences if you uh, if you are so inclined, and I, I think we a lot of times focus on uh, focus on how to do it very affordably. I mean, we're we're ignoring a huge uh, huge segment of the population, right? You know, and I think a lot of people Disney's expensive, so I mean, I, I think that probably caters to the masses doing it affordably. But it is fun to dream. I mean, it is fun to walk through this kind of stuff, but. Uh, you go to the Grand Floridian. It's booked. You go to the Contemporary. It's full. You know, the Polynesian's not empty ever. These restaurants, you can't get a reservation at Victorian Alberts. How long did it take you to get a California Girl reservation? Right? So very, people are doing yep, people are doing time. this stuff. Uh, you know, and, and I, I see their point. If you're going to spend that much money on Disney, what the hell's another grand? What the hell's another two grand? I, I mean, I personally know somebody who went to Disney he, his wife, and his daughter, and spent fifteen grand doing Disney. Now that's that's insane to me. When I think back to the first men do Disney trip, and we did it for six hundred bucks a guy. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's certainly two different ways to do, uh, multiple different ways to do Disney on the cheap and on the expensive. They, Disney's there to take it all. They'll take all the money. It's all <laughs> the same value to them. Mickey's Mickey's always standing there with his hand out, right? He, he don't he don't care how uh, how much you got in your bank account. He just wants it. That's right. That's right. No, I mean it, it's all in good fun, and we love Disney, and, and we thought this was a good idea to kind of walk through the luxury items that just kind of jump out that you can explain in, in a you know hour long episode or whatever this ends up being. All right, trivia question secret for the week. What do we got? Secret of the night. Uh, did you know there are many what we call Easter eggs to be found. Uh, all inside of Toy Story Land, and specifically on Slinky Dog Dash in Hollywood Studios, Toy Story Land. However, one of my personal favorites is the sign that represents the wait time. It is actually Andy's dog's name tag off of his collar. And so when you stand outside of Slinky Dog, you'll see what the wait time is. It's probably going to be 70 minutes plus. But when you walk through the queue and turn around backwards, you'll see that it has the dog's name Buster on it, and it shows their address 234 Elm Street, which is Andy's family's house during the second and third film of Toy Story, of the Toy Story franchise. So that's, there's a lot. I'll probably start sharing some of these Easter eggs throughout Hollywood Studios because there's a ton of them that are really fun. Trivia question of last week. How many years would it take to stay in each room across all of the Walt Disney World hotels and resorts? The correct answer is 68 years. So if you want to stay in each room in each Disney World resort, it would take you a lot of time and a lot of money, but maybe uh, maybe one day somebody will have the money to do it. Trivia question of this week. Which movie character served as the unofficial mascot of Disney's MGM Studios when the park officially opened in 1989? The hint I will give you is his film debuted about a year before the park opened. And the second hint I will give you, originally there was chatter and maybe plans for an attraction to be put into MGM starring this character. But it never, never happened. Uh, so again, what movie character served as the unofficial mascot of Disney's MGM Studios when the park opened officially in 1989? You can tweet us at Mindu WW Podcast or email us at Mindu WDW at gmail.com with your guesses. Look forward to your participation. All right, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. Also, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash MendoWDW. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.